You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's a Sunday afternoon podcast. We skip the usual Friday because life happens. It's Mark, Maddie, and Gordy here today. Michael may be joining us in progress. I feel like that's a standard line we just toss out every time. Promise, Michael, we're not talking music. You can come hang with us. How's everybody doing this morning, this afternoon? Oh, very good. Lovely. I don't know what number Tinderbox this is anymore, so I'm just not going to say it because I think the last one I screwed it up. It said it was, you know, eight and it was 15 or something. I don't know. So we're just going to bail on it. (laughs) So we got game day today. Calgary Flames at the Minnesota Wild, the start of the dad's trip. Uh, The Flames, losers of two of their last three, but their last game was a win. Yay. Uh, Beat the New York Rangers four to three in a game where they blew a two nothing lead and then managed to win. So we've got... um, you know, say, hey, Michael joined us. Good morning. Good afternoon, Michael. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. So we just found out that you can join us in progress. <laughs> awesome. We all learned something. <laughs> we need the NBC rainbow. The more you know, <laughs> into a star. So anyway, Michael, we're discussing um, Calgary loses of two of their last three, but actually managed to uh, score two first period goals and then abruptly give up two first period goals in a five goal first period against the Rangers. Um Despite a seven-game win streak and a six-game losing streak, are the Flames kind of are what they are? Are they a win-one, lose-one, average NHL hockey team? Anybody want to jump in and take that one? Sure, I expect I'll... them to be like a little bit better, but close-ish. Okay. Fair enough, Gordy. I think they, they've earned a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in terms of, you know, if they're solidified in their ways just because, you know, like they've had to deal with a lot more stuff than this season than I think you'd normally expect, especially off-ice stuff. So I think to say if they are what they are is probably a, a little too early, but it's also it's they, they don't have luxury of time to find themselves as well. Michael? I would say... Kind of yes and kind of no, just because we have seen a lot of games now where it's kind of like, okay, so these clearly aren't the 108-point Flames from last year. But we've also seen a lot of games where it's like, okay, they could be that. So I'm kind of tossed up on it. I think we're kind of going to see if they can get one big streak going, whether that's a winning or losing streak. I think that will really decide at this point where they're going this year. And you look at it too. I mean, Calgary, as Gordy mentioned, time is not exactly of the essence right now for them. I mean, it is they're past the midway point of the season. They're going into game 42. Uh, They are now seven points behind Vegas for first place in the Pacific and five points behind Arizona. So it's not in the Pacific is so that there is a chance for them to get back in. But the central is also strong too. So it's not like Calgary doesn't have a lot of time to mess around here. It's kind of a, Put up or shut up, I guess, is the you know more polite way to put it out there. Um, that they really need to you know pull their heads out and, and figure out which team they want to be. Yeah, I think they could get some help because I'm 
kind of assuming that Edmonton and Winnipeg are both going to fall off a bit more as the season goes on. I don't super trust either of them. So like a little bit of a buffer, but uh, yeah, they got to figure it out. And uh, tonight's not exactly the easiest opponent to figure that out against. Uh, Calgary lost to uh, Minnesota 3-0 back on December 23rd, and they're back in Minnesota again. And I don't know about you guys, but um, outside of the Dallas Stars, Minnesota might be the most boring hockey team to watch on the planet. And the Flames just seem to – it always ends up one of those like, oh, game's over. What was the final? Oh, 2-1. Fantastic. That was horrible. Um, so, again – Maybe this little road trip, you know, can kind of little two game trip with the dads. We'll talk about that later. Maybe they can get moving. But uh, it's time for the Calgary Flames to uh, put their money where their mouth is and see if they're the seven win team or the uh, win one, lose one. And we'll all go away and make me look really stupid with my 111 point prediction (laughs) to start the season, which Michael thought was crazy at the start. I'm like, what? It's just one more more overtime loss or tie. Come on. That's easy enough to accomplish. Thanks, Flames. All right, so while we were off taking a break for uh, holidays and whatnot, the uh, Flames made a trade. Michael Froelich was dealt to the Buffalo Sabres for a fourth-round pick the other day, and it was some, not uproar, but a lot of question of, was that enough for Michael Froelich? And my point is, they should be thrilled that they got something for Michael Froelich because his play over the last two years has been, and he's been a healthy scratch a bunch of times this year. He hasn't exactly played great. Um you guys happy with what the Flames uh, got in return from Buffalo? Yes. I think um, I get the the feeling that fourth round pick isn't enough, but I feel like the cap space that they have now is the real asset. Yeah, the, the pick so. is what it is. The fact that there's money floating around in Buffalo was like, sure, we'll take this subpar forward salary for the rest of the season. You know, that I think that's a big win. Gordy, Michael? Uh, I think it's a little bit of a bittersweet trade just because we know about the, you know, the Jason Zucker trade that fell through at last year's deadline and which would have been not just a return, but quite a good return for the Flames. But as Maddie said, like the big, the big play here isn't the fourth round pick. It's the the cap space maneuverability. And then it also gives, you know, a a night or a spot every night for another young guy to take a spot that Michael Froelich won't be taking now. Michael, any thoughts? Yeah, I think it was a fantastic move for the Flames. I just find it funny how, like, during the entire, like, first half of the season, he was always the guy everyone was like, okay, we need to trade this guy, we need to trade this guy. And then they, he gets traded, everyone's like, what, you trade him just for that? Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just so fickle about it. Like, I, I don't get it. Uh, I think even if they had gotten a seventh for him, I think it was just the right move, both because he wasn't really getting any ice time nor was he really earning it, but also it frees up a roster spot for some younger guys to come up, like Austin Zarnick, eventually, hopefully. And they can make a bigger move now. I just think it made so much sense to do it. And, you know, a fourth from San Jose with the way they're looking, that's around maybe pick 100 or something, which isn't a terrible spot to be uh, giving the Flame scouting staff another uh, bullet in the chamber. Yeah, the Flames did kind of pick a guy in the fourth round in the hundreds who's turned out to be pretty okay, right? Was that that Brett Kulak? Yeah. No, it's it's that guy that's too short and isn't physical enough. So, um, yeah. The other thing, too, that I find funny is, like, immediately after they traded for a leak, it was like, the comments were like, well, what about Jankowski and Bennett? They both have to go, too. And I'm like, you guys got to understand, like, not everybody wants all the Flames trash. 
Okay. Like you were able to unload some of the garbage to somebody. That's fine. Sometimes you just got to eat some of it and deal with it. I mean, I don't necessarily doubt that maybe one of those two is involved in a deal come trade deadline uh, for somebody. But also, I think we've discussed that nauseum. You're not exactly getting a uh, game changing top six forward for Jankowski and Bennett, unless anybody thinks I'm wrong. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you're getting a couple fifth round picks, or you're getting, you know, you're getting the same thing you probably got for for a leak. So um, I think we could probably put that one to bed. You guys think there's another move coming at the deadline, though? Do you think Calgary's gearing up for something, or is this a wait and see, uh, kind of see how the how they play as they approach the trade deadline? I think it'll be a bit of a wait and see, but it's nice to know that they have the the flexibility to make a move at this point. Whereas like they were with, uh, with Froelich's cap pit still, like they didn't have room to really do anything. So yeah, they had like 58 cents under the cap until <laughs> yeah. they traded for like, they had literally like pocket change, but like, oh, that's what we got left over. Fantastic. Um, I, but the, I think the other unknown thing too, we can all look at is we're assuming the flames are going to be buyers at the trade mm-hmm. deadline. I mean, there is a chance. What if it goes bad? Do you guys think the flames could be sellers? I mean, is there, is there a, is there a movement or a thought that maybe Calgary, if things don't go so well, that maybe they become the, uh, the uh, looky as opposed to the looker. (laughs) I'm not ready to to think about that. (laughs) No, I don't like it. So I was just going to say, yeah, but yeah, Brad's really set himself up to play either side of whatever side of the market he finds himself because the Flames, you know, have several quality unrestricted free agents now. And with the Fro League trade, they now have a draft pick in every single round. So if if they are buyers, if the players prove to him that, you know, they're a team worth buying at the deadline for, then he has the tools to to give them someone that can potentially help them in the playoff push. Michael? Yeah, I think, well, I think, I'm not sure if he mentioned it or if it was like a kind of quoted from him that like they are probably looking for another move, whether it was, it sounds like how hard they ran on Taylor Hall for a while there. Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely going to try and do something. And like, kind of like Gordy was saying, this is kind of the first year where Tree Living is going to have that flexibility to make a bigger move. Like last year he tried, but even then they were kind of up to the cap last year. So he was trying to move money around to make things work. Whereas this year, I really feel like He's got the freedom now with about five million in space to go after a big fish if he really wants to, or even just roll that money into the off season, do something there. But no, I think there's something coming, and I think it's going to be hopefully a big name. Yeah, I I kind of hope so too because I feel like the last couple of trade deadlines you get all geared up and you're like, oh wow, we grabbed a uh, bottom six forward, fantastic. Uh, we made a deal for some uh, truculence because that's exactly what the Calgary Flames need. All right, I think we'll wrap up this portion of the podcast. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about the Flames All-Stars, and was anybody really deserving to go to the All-Star game? And it's Dad's trip, and you'd be surprised. Calgary actually plays pretty well when their parents come on the road with them. We're going to take a quick break here on the Tinderbox, and we will be back right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
Welcome back to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Maddie, Michael, Gordy. We got a full house today. Uh, first half, we talked about are the Flames are what they are. Uh, kind of varied opinion on that, but I all think I think we all think that there is room for improvement there. Uh, we're all cool with the Pro League trade. Um, and now we're going to talk a little bit about the All-Star Game. I know it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of anything. It's an exhibition. It's a lot more fun. Gordy and I were kind of talking about this pre-podcast about how the three-on-three game has made it a lot more exciting. Um, Calgary this year has Matthew Kachuk, who finally made an All-Star Game. I didn't think the NHL would let him go to an All-Star Game because he's clearly been deserving since the day he hit the ice. But he's there. That's fine. Calgary's other representative, though, is Mark Giordano and... We all love the captain. You really don't want to slag him after the season he had last year. He won the Norris Trophy. And I'm kind of thinking that's why Gio's going to the All-Star game this year. But if you look up the stats, he's the 50th best defenseman in the NHL. Does the 50th best defenseman in the NHL really belong in an All-Star game? I know he's not the 50th best in the Pacific, but there's still four or five guys better than him in the Pacific uh, in Vegas and San Jose. Uh, does Gio deserve to go to the All-Star game? Say it. Say it. No. The answer is no. Say it. Okay. <laughs> Gordy, go. Uh, I think, you know, just for the, you know, you need defensemen on the roster. And, you know, this sounds terrible. He's not the best of the worst. But, like, you can't send Brent Burns and his minus 22 to the All-Star game. Eric Carlson's had a pretty abysmal year. I mean, there's no, like, maybe Quinn Hughes, but, I, like, there's not really any defenseman in the entire division almost worthy. And Giordano's been good enough. And this, as you said, he's getting rewarded for last year. Whereas his, I think his all-star appearances before this have just fill-ins, which so it's probably nice for him to get selected right off the bat. Maybe they play with no defensemen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. We're all hoping Doughty gets added, right? That's like the thing. We want to see Matthew Kachuk and Drew Doughty on the same line together. (laughs) I'm really excited for the uh, combined chaotic energy of Matthew Kachuk and Travis Konechny. (laughs) Because they're both disasters, and I love them with my whole heart. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, So I think we all agree Kachuk deserves to make it. Uh, he's, He's been one of the more consistent flames, which is... Hard to believe there's a consistent flame on the most inconsistent team in the NHL, but such is life. Uh, The other option is Johnny Gaudreau is one of the last men standing. And again, we have a player in the uh, bottom 50 uh, for offensive numbers between centers and forwards. He is ranked 62nd in the league in points um, behind teammate Sean Monaghan, who's barely ahead of him with 34 points. But, uh, is this is it okay if Johnny Gaudreau doesn't make the All Star team this year? Like, is you know, is that a reasonable like okay? Everybody's cool with that. Yeah. Or do we have to have him there to sell jerseys? <laughs> it's it's what it's all about, right? I don't know. I think you know having Johnny Gaudreau there is for an obvious reason. There's probably nobody in the NHL better doing you know the relay challenge, whereas you know sending Kachuk. Like, what 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 category would you even have Kachuk compete in? It's kind of kind of tough when like I I don't know what I'd put him in. Maybe they could have like a penalty drawing contest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most, the biggest irritant, you know, <laughs> something like that to put him in there. No, I get the, I get the, the, the need for Gaudreau there, but I always wonder like if you could somehow set it up where like you could have players show up and just do the skills competition, but not technically be in the game, mm-hmm. you know, where you could have Gaudreau compete, you know, 
that type of thing. I don't know. But again, it's just an all-star game. Michael, uh, you've been kind of quiet over there. Anything? Do you even care about this or are you just <laughs> rolling your eyes at this nonsense? Uh, a touch of each. touch of each. <laughs> uh, I, I think Gaudreau, like obviously he is or has been kind of recognized as like the Calgary flame probably across the league. For, but I think sending Matthew Kachuk is a really good message for it. I think Gaudreau, I don't know if he maybe picks it up in the next like couple of weeks, he could make a case to be there, but he hasn't been the best Calgary flame for most of the season. So I'm totally fine if he's not there. And then, yeah, with the skills contest, like you kind of mentioned, I think it would be cool if they did like, uh, from my personal opinion has always been like all the teams should do their own super skills mm-hmm. first and then like send like the top six of the winners just for the skills contest, but not the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was just thinking, like stuff like that, to increase the uh, interest in it, and not just like a bunch of superstars, the guys who maybe have the hardest shot in the league competing against each other, things like that. But yeah, I'm kind of indifferent on the All Star game at this point. It's it is what you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I will say this though. I think out of all the major sports All Star game, it is the most exciting. Like there's a weird format to it, which I kind of like. I mean, the baseball one is a joke. Uh, the NBA one is an even bigger joke, and I don't even know if pro football has an all-star game, so we don't even have to, because uh, <laughs> that one's trash too. So I would say hockey takes the cake out of all of them, but they are they're all-star games. So uh, play. Oh, go ahead, Gordy. Sorry, I was just gonna say strangely, I was just gonna say baseball and basketball have the the least interference when it comes to the all-star games because they're not contact sports. You can more or less play the same. You know, when you when you're playing hockey and football, it's you know you can't go out and hit anybody. So. I know watching people try to tackle each other in the Pro Bowl is hysterical. <laughs> I, I should I should qualify that with I haven't watched a Pro Bowl in probably fifteen years, but it was still ridiculous back then. I don't so, think anybody has. Exactly. And nobody wants to watch an NBA game that ends 170 to 164. <laughs> and actually, I don't even like basketball, so that's a whole different story. So uh Flames are hitting the road for two games. They've got Minnesota and Chicago, and it's dad's trip. Uh, we were all frantically trying to figure out what the Flames did on the dad's trip last year, and Michael was kind enough to dig it up. The Flames went 3-0 and on the dad's trip last year and went 2-1 and on the mom's trip. So uh, maybe traveling with their parents is a good idea? <laughs> um, anybody's they thoughts on that? Like- <laughs> Especially the moms, right? Because as you were talking earlier, Michael, the mom's trip apparently was a nightmare with <laughs> players being like, Ma, where are you? Like it's 3 a.m. You should be in bed right now type deal. But um, these trips always seem like a good idea. You know, certain flames are bringing their dads. So like Matthew Kachuk's bringing his grandfather. Uh, Milan Lucic is bringing a friend because if you've read the story of Milan Lucic's dad committed suicide uh, years ago, which was a sad story. So his dad doesn't come on the road with him. He takes his best friend. Some guys are bringing their brothers type thing. So kind of seems as all in all like a cool little bonding experience between players and family. No. Oh, yeah. So uh, do you think Calgary can go 2-0 and on this dad's trip? Because if they do, I swear we're going to pack Guy Gaudreau in a suitcase and have him on the plane every time the Flames go on the road. I would love that. I think they should do that anyways. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Could be Johnny's carry-on, just put him up top, <laughs> bring him on the plane with him as they head out. Um, so I think, I think it's a pretty cool idea because you figure, you know, families, you know, some guys – don't live anywhere near their families during the season. And as much as these guys are all grownups and adults, you still miss your family when you're not around them. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's a pretty cool setup and Calgary seems to have success. Five and one's not so bad. Uh, uh, Michael, you happen to mention too, um, 
if we were trying to recollect the nine to six game in Columbus last year, right? Was that on the dad's road trip? Yeah, it was. Like I, I can't imagine some of these guys if they're getting up there in age and having any like heart problems. I can't imagine a nine six game was all that good for them, but <laughs> I don't think a nine six game was good for anybody. It was one of those games you're watching and you're like, Oh, this is terrible. Well, this isn't so I'm bad. in my twenties and I was feeling like my heart was jumping a bit during that game. So yeah, I couldn't imagine. Michael, I was 20 when that game started. I'm now 43. <laughs> That's how bad that game was. <laughs> so awesome. All right. Uh, anybody else got anything they want to add today? I'll take that I as no. I think so. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Awesome. So we covered. Anybody the watching fl- World Juniors later? Oh, yeah. No, I, I heard okay. that. I heard the country I live in isn't in it anymore. So whatever. <laughs> Entirely. Apparently America's dirty. Whatever. <laughs> it's all good. All right. So I think that's going to wrap up this. Yeah. I know America. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think that'll wrap up this episode of the Tinderbox. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on Google podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and iTunes, just search up Matchsticks and Gasoline or Calgary Flames, and you can find us and download us and listen to this amazing, hard-hitting information and statistical analysis, whatever we want to call it, on our podcast. Michael and Maddie and Gordy, thank you so much for uh, coming on to uh, talk hockey with us this afternoon. This was fun, as always. Absolutely. All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Download us. Listen to us. Again, Matchsticks and Gasoline, the podcast for the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. Flames and Minnesota Wild tonight, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time in Minnesota. Let's hope nobody falls asleep during it. We'll catch you next time on the Tinderbox.